up, we thought food was only something that could be enjoyed. And really, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. So much of life happens in the kitchen. It's a place to gather, to laugh, to burn your meatloaf while the kids do their homework at the kitchen island. So if life is happening in the kitchen, that's where we want to be. It doesn't have to be so hard. We can be great dads and great cooks. This show is about us trying to figure it all out. I'm Chris. And I'm Phil. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. Christopher, do you have any celebrity crushes? Philip Daniel. Other than Ryan Reynolds, I don't know. I thought maybe you were going to say Shia. No, no. I actually just had some aviation tonight. I made something for Molly called a Chattic, which was really good. Uh, but I was using our dearest Ryan Reynolds aviation gin. But a Chattic is equal parts gin, Aperol, uh, St. Germain, and I think it's lemon. Yeah. So... What about you, Phil? Okay, my celebrity crush is Samin Nosrat. I'm in love with her. Okay, alrighty. Food is the quickest way to the heart, I suppose. She's just, I don't know, huggable? She has, she has tasty ideas. 50% chance she's not going to listen to this, so I think we can say whatever we want. 50? Yeah. <laughs> You're being generous there, Phil. <laughs> oh, man. No, I'm really, really a big fan of hers. I love everything that she does. Have you, have you, I think I mentioned this, but have you listened to the Home Cooking Podcast? No, I haven't. No, I got to get on that. It was... I'm sorry, Phil. I think it's over because it was just like a project where they would... I can't think of her co-host name. Jonathan. You want to go with that? Was, Samin and Jonathan. We'll pretend. Because I feel like that's actually not too far from that. Okay. <laughs> no, it's like Rishmi or something like that. Like Rishmi? Rishmi? I'll put it in the show notes. Rishmi, Jonathan, same thing. So she takes these voicemails from listeners. This is, this is actually what I was getting at when, like in the last episode, you suggested that we would have a Google Voice and people could leave voicemails. Yeah. Yeah. So actually part of that inspiration I thought might come from the home cooking podcast where she takes voicemails from listeners saying, hey, this is what I have in my pantry. I don't know what to make with it. And I think like the, you know, the whole premise came from when when the shutdowns happened from the pandemic, people couldn't get to the grocery store. So they had like a pantry full yeah. of food that was spoiling. They would leave her these voicemails, say, what do I make with these lists of ingredients? And then it was just like brilliant, brilliant. Her answers are just absolutely brilliant. So I've got a big time celebrity crush on Simi Nostra. And of course, her probably most famous dish is this buttermilk chicken. One of my favorites. Like if you Google okay, her, uh, it's probably going to come up. Yeah. Yeah. Have you made it yet though? Yeah. I made it tonight. Like like legit made it or like fake. I'm faking it. <laughs> Fakely made it. I didn't quite have 24 hours <laughs> to marinate the, the chicken, but I had a few. I let it marinate for about six hours, but that's, par- that's like practically that's 48. 40. It's 24. Okay. I thought it was 24. And then I just looked at it and it's 48. Like the recipe says 48. Place it on a rimmed baking sheet and refrigerate for 48 hours. When did it change to 48 hours, Phil? Dude, I don't know. But if you go to saltfatassiheat.com, it's 24. Because 24 is what I thought. I am looking at the New York Times cooking app recipe. You know what also works? Four, six hours. Six hours? Six hours works yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although this, this also says turn the bag every 12 hours so that every part of the turkey... Oh, this is a turkey. Ah, uh, that's okay. why. That turkey, why. chicken. They just always leave a foul taste in my mouth. <laughs> oh, Sorry about that. Wow, that was rough. Okay, so chicken, 24 hours. I don't know why I missed the turkey on that part because I've actually made the recipe several times, many a time, quite a few times, and we've always brined it for 24 hours. Yeah. So well done. So what did you Way think, Phil? Chris, I love it. I mean, listen, I know you think 
I get a little excited sometimes. I know you think that I just throw around these superlatives like they're going out of style, but I love it. No, Phil, I've known you for a long time and you do, but I that's okay. loved it. Okay. No, it is It is absolutely fantastic. I, I really, really do love this recipe. Partially because it's so easy. Yeah. And partially because it's really, really good. I mean, it's a pretty good combo. And, and partially, partially because it's like super cheap also. Yeah. And partially, 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 it's also incredibly healthy. Yeah. Okay, so we, we are obviously talking about Samin Nosrat's buttermilk brined chicken. And as Chris said, it's it's incredibly easy. It really is just three ingredients. You've got your chicken. It calls for a whole chicken. You've got salt and you've got buttermilk. And that's literally it. Which oddly enough, all three of those things are in the name. Oh, because of the brining? Ha ha. I gotcha. Butter, buttermilk, brined, chicken. Right. I, you know, there aren't <laughs> many recipes these days where the ingredient list is in the name. Is literally the name of the recipe. Yeah. <laughs> It's such an incredible little dish because just the thought of only using salt and buttermilk, like how there's not any pepper in this or how, how is there like not any other like vegetable as a stock or, you know, whatever. It's, it just yeah. baffles me. Well, in a way, it kind of goes back to our last episode where we're talking about spices and how, you know, I, th- I think there's a way that like you can get away with fewer spices if you're using better ingredients and kind of taking the time to let the ingredients themselves shine. And I think that this is really one of those recipes where the the chicken takes center stage and that's not a bad thing. Like a roasted chicken in general is so good. Like it's just fantastic. And this allows it to be its best self. The salt infuses the meat and tenderizes it and brings out the flavor kind of all together. And you just really get this, this chicken that just is so moist and flavorful. It just kind of like blows your mind that yeah, something that simple with just those few ingredients can really turn out so well. So I think that was your second partially. What were my other partialies? Yeah, the first one was simplicity. Tastiness was the second, and then the third How one was... How freaking good it looks. And that'd be a partially, 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 partially. <laughs> Still in your third. Your third one was cost. How incredibly inexpensive oh, this meal right, is. right, right, right. Yeah, that too. Okay, so let's... Let's maybe go back to like the the recipe itself. Okay, sure. I mean, that's probably a good idea. Let's, let's start with the beginning. So uh, we know that we have a whole entire chicken, some buttermilk and some salt. And what do we do with that, Phil? Oh, man. Step one, I, I took a kosher salt and I very liberally just covered that entire chicken inside and out, just got my hands dirty and just, just coated the thing. Coated the thing to where it was just like a really coarse grind like all over that chicken. And in in her recipe and Chris, we are talking about the chicken here, not the turkey. So um, then basically just let that chicken sit for like 30 minutes with the with the coarse salt on it. And then you you salt some buttermilk and you kind of let a couple tablespoons of salt dissolve in your buttermilk. And then you pour all of that into a Ziploc bag with the chicken and you let it marinate. Am I wrong? I don't know. Probably. I'm not. That's what you do. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, you, you let it marinate for 24 hours in the refrigerator because it's kind of like weird and gross to leave poultry out. And milk. Poultry is definitely one of those things you want to be like kind of careful with. You let it, you let it marinate. <laughs> Salmonella. Meh, not a big deal. So once that chicken marinates for 24 hours, literally all you do is pull it out of the Ziploc bag, you got to kind of scrape some of that buttermilk off, kind of. With your fingernails? Drop it in. No, that's gross. That's no. Some chicken skin underneath those nails? I can like, like, feel the chicken skin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, don't like that. I used a spoon or a spatula 
There's a few times that I've done that. And then you literally just put it on a skillet or in a pie plate and put it in the oven. I used a cast iron for great. an hour. That's literally it. Yeah, that's, that's what I've used. And it's like so fantastic. You might have to like spin it at some point, depending on how your oven circulates heat. But it's literally that easy. Then you pull it out and it's the perfect golden brown color and just amazing. Yeah. So moist. I got some really good pictures of it. Like it just looks so pretty. It's like what you think of. It's like it's what you think of as the ideal bird, whether that's turkey or chicken or whatever. Mm -hmm. It just has that really nice golden brown hotness. Yep. It's got that. Yeah. It almost looks fake. Yeah. I would say so. You think that's just because of the buttermilk? Like it just browns up really nicely? I don't think it hurts. Do you have a theory here, Phil? What's the Latin ceteris paribus, all things being equal? We'll have to we'll have to bake another bird to see if it browns up, you know, without the buttermilk and compare them side by side. Yeah, we, we've done we've done a few. We've done several following Samin's recipe, and then we've made some kind of variations thereof. I think I think the buttermilk actually does brown up the best. We've done some with yogurt, actually. We did one with yogurt, garlic, and ginger. Yeah, she lists that as a substitute. If you don't have buttermilk, you can use yogurt. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's still really good. And the one, the one that we did with that garlic and ginger, actually, like the, I feel like the garlic and ginger did not impart as much flavor as the yogurt did. The yogurt gives it like a really interesting tang, and it's it's still really good. I think I like the original recipe better, honestly. Just the straight like buttermilk brined. It's I think it's it's more moist, has a little bit more flavor. The tang kind of is interesting, but well, it sounds better. Maybe, maybe we overdid it. Yogurt brine I chicken. I don't know. I feel like that's that just sounds kind of actually. Yogurt is pretty good on me. Like if you ever made kebabs with like a yogurt mm-hmm. type of marinade, it's pretty delicious. Oh yeah. No, no, no. I, I think I think yogurt can add a lot to me. I think it's really interesting. I, th- I think that the tang of that one was was specifically like great. Uh, do you want to talk about the cost of this thing? Your, I think that was your third actually. Okay, so easy. Really Wait, was the word actually cost? What was the word you were using before? I'm not sure, but I think cost was one of the four. Yeah, I don't remember the fourth. Okay, so point number seven. It's really really cheap like actually like a whole chicken in general to roast it is super cost effective like it's actually cheaper than just getting like chicken thigh or chicken breast it can be no seriously yeah Yeah. okay so i we we had surprisingly had chicken thighs tonight Uh, it's the first time in like several weeks that we've had chicken thighs but it just so happened to be tonight okay uh cooked some chicken thighs in our dutch oven just salt and pepper some olive oil cooked them they were fantastic and once they were done kind of I, I i took the the fat that was rendered off of them and this is this is actually like kind of paraphrasing another new york times cooking section recipe through some honey and mm. apple cider vinegar into that with some red pepper flakes to create like a little bit of this like spicy sweet tangy sauce and drizzled that over the the chicken thighs. And actually, for some random reason, we got Brussels sprouts this week. So I had a bunch of Brussels sprouts that I just roasted. I love Brussels uh, sprouts. Oven, oven, sheet pan, salt, olive oil. So good. And then we kind of drizzled that sauce over all of it. And it was fantastic. Anyway, I was looking at the price of the the chicken thighs. And that package of chicken thighs, and this, is, this was like, I want to say it was four something per pound. And it was like a pound and a half. 
And so that was three chicken thighs. So that's six servings for like six bucks, six fifty or so. And like really when you're comparing that to a whole chicken, especially if you can get it on sale when it's like six fifty for a whole chicken, that's for eight servings really in a whole chicken usually. Four dollars and seventy-five cents for my whole chicken. Oof. Four dollars, huh? Yep. So four dollars and seventy-five cents, and it was a three and a half pound hen. Oh my! Heck yeah, dude! It was so so cheap. And I don't know what it is with meat lately. Maybe it's a regional thing because of where I live. But I'm going to shift gears a little bit. But speaking of cost, um, a week ago I got a Boston butt. Do you know what that is? Okay. No, I okay. honestly can't say that I do. <laughs> It's pork shoulder. And for whatever reason okay. here in the South, they call it a Boston butt. Yeah, it was okay. news to me too. All of our so- Southeast listeners are going to be like, he doesn't know what a Boston butt is. Yeah, well, you know what? I didn't either South till I moved here. <laughs> yeah, it's a pork shoulder. And Christopher, it was $1.99 a pound. Okay. And I got, it was like three and a half pounds. It was like $7 total for this thing. And it made three meals. For seven bucks. That's ridiculous. It was unreal. So yeah, and then this this chicken that I got today was also three and a half pounds and it was four dollars and seventy-five cents. And then it called obviously for buttermilk. So I got a quart of buttermilk and that was two dollars. I fed my family tonight off of six dollars and seventy-five cents. And you probably had leftovers. No, we we probably could have, but I, I also I okay, so I, I guess I'm gonna backtrack my comments a little bit. I, we had some roasted vegetables in the fridge that were left over from a different meal. I mean, the, the vegetables were still fresh, but what I'm saying is I didn't roast them all on the first go around. So I roasted some of those vegetables and that that filled us up. I would have had leftovers had I not had the vegetables. So, yeah. Because that makes sense. Adding more food means that you don't have leftovers. We, we, should, we should know that I record <laughs> at midnight my time here on the East Coast. Mine's not exactly sharp like Chris's over there. Yeah. Anyway. We had some hungry kids uh, tonight. We'll put it that way. I mean, shoot. Yeah, apparently. So chicken is super cheap. Buttermilk, super cheap. Salt, obviously, like you had that. Like what What do you think that the buttermilk specifically is adding to the chicken? I mean, like we we tried it with yogurt and it was it was good. It was okay. It was fine. It, 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 no, it was it was good. It definitely added like an interesting element of that tang, that like sourness, that a little more so than like buttermilk actually had. But I thought that the buttermilk was actually more moist than mm-hmm. the yogurt. Do you think that the buttermilk is doing something specific there? Yeah, it freaked me out a little bit when I saw that like, like, okay, buttermilk? Why specifically buttermilk? That seems just a little strange to me. But yeah, it is It is doing something specific. Buttermilk is pretty acidic. You can actually you can actually make buttermilk in a pinch, and it's a pretty weird recipe, but I don't think real buttermilk has vinegar, but you can make buttermilk in a pinch with vinegar. Yeah. It's super weird. Yeah, I'll, not that anybody would ever want to make buttermilk in a pinch because it is that weird, but if I find a recipe, I'll put it in the show notes. Anyways, the acidity in buttermilk tenderizes that chicken. It breaks it down. And so, shoot, we marinated ours for six hours, and it was pretty tender. I can't even imagine how tender that thing would have been at 24. The acidity in food, you know, it tenderizes it, it breaks it down, but then it also, like, balances out flavors a little bit. I know this sounds a little weird, but I feel like that chicken just almost, like, it was the purest chicken I'd ever had. Does that make sense? Like, it was, it was like the most flavorful chicken in and of itself. I don't know if that was salt or the buttermilk that's doing that, but it's like... It's almost like it made it taste more 
of what it already was. Yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it's both. We do kind of know that salt is really like a flavor enhancer as opposed to a spice. So it brings out more of the flavor that's already like inherently there in an ingredient. So there's that. I do know that the the chicken that we made with buttermilk as opposed to yogurt was definitely a lot more moist. So I don't know if there's something in terms of retaining the moisture in the meat that's going on, but it does something special for sure. I was curious. So I did a little research as to like what makes a buttermilk biscuit so special. Or, or a buttermilk pancake. And I, I haven't made them side by side, but I think there, there like actually is something to like the fluffiness of a buttermilk biscuit or a buttermilk pancake. And I think it's the acidity that's working, working against that gluten to just make it like really fluffy and pillowy. Apparently it does the same to now, chicken. Now I want to go to sleep. Just thinking about fluffy pillows. Hey, we just got a new bed oh, and it came yeah. with a pillow. Yeah. I swear this is not a sponsored post, but but it came with a coupon if any of our listeners want to get like $300 off. It was a, it was a puffy mattress. Puffy. Puffy. Puffy yeah. mattress. Like that's the brand name? Mm-hmm. Okay. I have not heard of Puffy. I've heard of so many others from Casper to Tuft & Needle to Purple. Nectar and purple and there are so many i have not heard of puffy i was googling okay you know like the new trend is like you don't go into a mattress store nobody does that anymore you order your mattress online it comes in a box which is weird how they were able to like vacuum a mattress down into a bag and then stuff it, stuff in a it box. all in there and then if you don't like it, like you try it for like 100 days and if you don't like it you send it back so we're like what have we got to lose so i googled you know best mattresses of 2020 and Puffy was like winning every category. And these weren't sponsored posts. It wasn't like an ad, you know, Google AdWords or whatever. We love it. We absolutely love it. Have no intention to sending that one back. Nice. Like I said, I can't say that I've heard of them. I might have to look into them. So does your mattress have buttermilk in it is the real question. I kind of had a feeling you'd get there. Well, <laughs> it, it will tonight because there's buttermilk in me after eating that chicken and then I'll be in my mattress. Uh, That's disgusting. Uh, a little bit. All right. So I really liked this recipe and I'll be making it again. I might actually make it tomorrow if that chicken's it still really on is. sale. It, it really like, is. I'm going to so go good. get another one. And then this time I'm going to brine it for a full day. It's so, so good. Yeah. I mean, it's like, like it's invite your in-laws over type quality. Yeah. And it's, it's really so simple. It doesn't, it doesn't, it feels like cheating kind of honestly. And depending on the size of the chicken that you get, like you can almost like literally get eight portions out of a whole chicken. Good luck finding a Ziploc bag that large. That case, you get four. I I have only when you add extra vegetables. Though. Very hungry girls. We They're growing. We only feed them once a day. So so Phil, I think there's a little bit of a for me. There is some hesitancy in dealing with a whole chicken. Just because it's like, what do you do with that whole chicken once you're done cooking it? Just kind of like tear pieces off that's kind of the easy way out i think yeah yeah, i guess like get some poultry Unless, gloves and then just start like ripping it apart ripping it yeah i don't think i realized i kind of made my wife do it for a long time because she was like a lot more comfortable with breaking down a chicken but i don't think i realized how not overly complicated it is to break that whole chicken down okay so how do you do it because i don't know <laughs> i like i've carved a turkey before and it's not my favorite yeah. I don't like apparently it's a rite of passage to like carve the bird at dinner time. Nah. No, not not in not in my family. I don't know. I think that's that's actually like a little bit different than breaking down a chicken. I don't know if it's because it's it's a chicken so much smaller than a turkey. 
where you can actually like break it down into some of the component pieces, probably most specifically like the breasts come off into like a nice sized piece where on a turkey, that's just gonna be like freaking huge. And that's really where you get your, the most of your slices of turkey from. Okay. So when I, when I was looking into it, it's like actually super, super simple to break down a chicken. You kind of think of it in terms of its component pieces. So you start with the, the legs, I suppose. So the drum and the thigh, and basically like when you're pulling that, that leg out, there's a little flap of skin that kind of sticks up and you just cut that. And really what you're thinking about is going for the joints. I know this is all like a little gross. Yeah. Like I hear those joints snapping. Oh, there's such like a crack to it too. So like for me, the way I hold a knife, I'd probably start with the left side, pulling that left left leg out and you're going like right between the breast and the thigh. There's like a little flap of skin. You kind of get that. And then you got to get that like crack in the joint like that. Got to break that hip joint. It's so shuddering. Yeah. But then like you can, you can dive into it with a knife after that and totally separate the, the thigh and the leg. And then you find again, that knee joint, I suppose, popping that and cutting through it. And you have a thigh Cut right through that and patella. a drum. Yeah. And then you repeat that on the other side. So it's like taking off the legs, breaking it into those two component pieces. So you have like two drums and two thighs at that point. And then you're pulling out the wing. Same, it's pretty much the same thing. Like you're, you're breaking the top part of the skin with your knife and then popping the bones out of the joints and cutting the rest of the way through. And then at that point, you're kind of left with just the, the main like torso of the bird. So you kind of have two wings, two thighs, two drums at that point. So like if you're, if you're pulling the skin a little taut on the top, you kind of have like the breastbone right in the middle. You can cut right down that breastbone down to the wishbone and then push all the way through the wishbone down and kind of like crack it in two. And then you can, with the knife, then come back up along, I guess, like the sternum or breastbone and take off the whole entire, like each each breast. And each of those can really be like divvied up into two portions. And so kind of at that point, you, you kind of have like two portions with the, the drums and the wings and then two more portions with the thighs and each breast can really be cut into two portions at that point as well. So it's like you, you have the possibility of getting a whole entire eight portions out of one chicken. Maybe that's why we didn't have leftovers. I probably threw away a lot of chicken meat. Maybe, but then you still have you still have that carcass left over, which like is amazing for making a stock or a soup from. So that's even more meals really that come out of that one chicken. It's it kind of like blows my mind how far a whole chicken can go. So anyway, I think that was one thing that kind of threw me off of whole chickens for quite a while. I don't know, like a boneless thigh just seems so much easier, but not necessarily. Honestly, like especially with this with this recipe. It is just like so good and so easy. It just takes time and that's okay. Yeah. Time that you don't necessarily have to invest into it. Yeah. Like you put it in the chicken and open a bottle of wine. Okay. So Phil, Phil, Phil. Sub dog. Phil dog. I seem to remember on our last recipe review, the carbonara, you talked about rating a recipe. So that we're actually, I guess, really reviewing it at some level. How does this one stack up for you? Not just saying whether we liked it or not, but like actually giving it a quantifiable rating and i think it would be fun i would give this one a 57 no don't do that out of 58 no i was thinking like on a scale of one to five and you can go you can go halvesies if you want like how how would you how would you rate it on a scale of one to five with a unit of measure that is relative to the recipe itself does that make sense five teaspoons 
You can be more clever than that. I don't know. Does it use teaspoons? Actually, no. It uses tablespoons It gets a seven out of eight servings. Okay, well, since you're not playing along, I'll just mention mine. I'm going to give it five out of five celebrity crushes. What about buttermilks? Five five out of five buttermilks. Sure, we'll go with that. (laughs) So Chris and I liked it. It was a delicious recipe, and we think you should make (laughs) it too. That was super good. It was so good. I have made it. Or were you not talking to me? Yeah, that was that was for everybody out there in Radio Land. I was gonna say, Phil, I'm pretty sure that you know that I've made this thing. So Podcast Land, we don't live on Radio Land. We don't go over the airwaves. When I had a radio show in college, that was like the one thing they told us never to say. Hey, everybody out there in Radio Land, thanks for tuning in to Dad's Kitchen. Oh, 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 o